It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you have joined us this afternoon. My name is Ed Taylor. I am back. Uh, in studio, taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Text me at 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. That's a dedicated texting line, and I am... Taking your calls. I was away last week. Actually, you guys on the East Coast, uh, I was back at Sandy Cove at the retreat center there for the East Coast Pastors Conference that Calvary Chapel Philadelphia and Pastor Joe Foch puts on, and it was a great time. We are so blessed to be connected with the brothers uh, in the ministries on the East Coast. So you guys listening on Hope FM, I know that Joe Foch is a part of the daily lineup. We have Pastor Joe on overnights, I think, here on Grace FM. And so it was a great time getting away. We had a few guys with us uh, travel to the conference and be encouraged in the things of the Lord. Uh, that conference actually is posted online at ccphilly.org, ccphilly.org. And I thought that the messages by Pastor David Guzik uh, and Pastor Damian Kyle are of specific note for those of you that serve the Lord. Open lines, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls, taking your questions with wide open lines. While we wait for the lines to fill up, I'm going to read to you today's Beside Still Waters Devo. Beside Still Waters, this is by Charles Spurgeon. And the title of the uh, of the devotional is Beside Still Waters, Words of Comfort for the Soul. And today's entry is called Jordan's Floodplain, taken from Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. If racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? If you stumble and fall on open ground, what will you do in the thickets near the Jordan? Here's the Devo. How will you do in the floodplains of the Jordan, Jeremiah 12.5? There we will forget our wounds and think of the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those that love him. We will bid adieu to loved ones. They will have tears, but we will have the joy. We will make the bed of death a throne. We will sit there and reign with Christ Jesus and recognize the Jordan as a tributary of the river of life. We will live in the land of Beulah, on the edge of the Jordan with our feet in the cold stream. We will sing of the better land and hear the songs of angels as celestial breezes bring them across the narrow stream. My heart is with him on his throne and ill can brook delay. Each moment listening for his voice, make haste and come away. This is how we will do in the floodplain of the Jordan. We will take off our clothes and put on our celestial robes. As one in exile longs to be delivered, as the gallery slave longs to be separated from his oar, so we wait to be set free for glory and immortality. Since Jesus is mine, I will not fear undressing, 
but gladly put off these garments of clay. To die in the Lord is a comfort and blessing, since Jesus to glory through death led the way. Huh. 303-690-3000. That was Charles Spurgeon in today's edition entry on Beside Still Waters. Taking your phone calls, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. I apologize for that. That was just a little bit of a yawn. And uh, what a great day to serve the Lord. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Let's go right to the phone lines now and pick up with Karen. Karen's calling from Parker, Colorado. Karen, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thank You're you for welcome. taking my call. You're welcome. Um, yeah, my parents are in town. My dad is 88. Okay. And I'm trying to square out or square off. <laughs> With him to see how he is settled up yes. with Jesus, and he says he believes, but he still has some doubts uh, about the resurrection, and also he asked me specifically, how could God let Hitler kill so many? Yes. Uh, and I know my answer, but I'm curious to what your answer would be, because I get that a lot from people in my family who aren't um, saved quite yet. Well, you know, evil exists because of sin. Uh, that's the, the Bible's definition of uh, an explanation why evil exists in the world. Uh, it's because of sin. And sin exists because of man's decision to rebel against a holy and a righteous God. And that puts man at the ultimate responsibility of everything that's sinful and evil. Now, the Bible doesn't say, and God doesn't try to explain to us, which is interesting, he doesn't explicitly say why why. He allows evil men to rule, uh, mm-hmm. men like Hitler or mm-hmm. any of the men, uh, even even those like Pilate and and uh, Antipas and the guys in the Bible that were uh, wickedly evil, uh, mm-hmm. even even over over Jesus himself that were the approval of the crucifixion of his own son. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because at times God, we see in the Bible that God has used rulers to bring judgment. Uh, mm-hmm. We know that God has used Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon uh, to mm-hmm. bring about the the captivity of of the Jewish nation, uh, and and so even though there's evil evil that exists on the on the earth, it doesn't diminish the sovereignty of God and how He will use them in order to accomplish His purposes. And here's the problem that we have: this is the problem that we have when it comes to the ultimate explanation that will satisfy us. When we see evil, or even more so when we experience evil ourselves. And, and here's the problem. We don't see the end result. We only experience the evil that's in front of us. But we don't know how it's in. Now, that's not to say that we don't understand the eternal realm, and we don't understand our, our ultimate presence with the, you know, with the Lord, but we don't know how it's going to end. Can you, so imagine this. This is how I'd talk with your dad. I would open up the Bible to the book of Genesis, and I'd begin to walk him through the life of this young guy named Job, mm-hmm. uh, who seemed to have everything going for him, uh, including the favoritism of his father, uh, only to find out that the favoritism of his father stirred his brothers against him, and they plotted to kill him. Uh, and because of the pleadings of one of the brothers, they decided not to kill him and put him into a pit, and even that was too much. Uh, for them, and then they took him out of that pit, and they sold him to slave traders. 
and on and on from one bad thing to another in this guy's life. And if we're reading it in real time and we're watching, let's say we were watching his life in a movie and we didn't know the end, I mean, our hearts would be just stung with pain and sorrow and difficulty. You, we would, you, you could almost hear the gasps in the movie theater when he's thrown into prison, the gasps in the movie theater, if this was a movie, when, when he's accused of such a horrific sexual crime and he did the exact opposite. And we'd hear the gasps when he's forgotten in prison for, for 10 plus years. And we hear the gasps of, of one thing after another in this guy's life uh, until we got to the end of the movie. And at the end of the movie, we understand why God allowed evil in Joseph's life. Joseph because actually, he saved Israel. Yeah, Joseph actually tells us. You know, mm-hmm. he knew it before we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so while the Bible doesn't tell us exactly why God uh, allows evil men to rule, we do know that God uses evil men, and they all work to accomplish his purposes. Um, does that diminish the pain of the Holocaust? It doesn't. It's a horrific, evil painful thing does it diminish the the heartache that we that we live with as we deal with the you know every pain that we've ever felt its mm-hmm. root is in sin whether it's our sin whether it's someone else's sin or it's a combination of the two mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't diminish the pain neither does it diminish god's sovereignty it, it only causes us to to cry out in hope and faith and, mm-hmm. and it tests our faith because if there's a ruler in, in office that we like, it doesn't take a lot of faith to, to believe God put him there because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we like him mm-hmm. and we wanted him there. And in our, our system of government, we probably voted for him. Uh, and so what, what, what faith is there when the person that's in ruler in, is ruling is the one that we wanted there. But can you imagine the believers in North Korea right now? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, being fo- they're being forced and faced with a great crisis of faith because of the evil rulership of their government. Mm-hmm. And, and so God uses them um, in a variety of different ways. And the problem that we have is not understanding God's sovereignty. We get that. And it's not understanding the pain of evil. We truly get that. The, the real issue that we have is a matter of faith. And that is, do we believe that God says he will work all things together for good for those that love him and those called according, do we believe? So, so the answer, if the philosophical answer from your dad might be, well, great thing that did for those that died in the Holocaust. And I would partly answer, you're right. It was a it was a great horrific loss, and it was a painful loss, and and lives and families were shattered uh, in in horrific ways because of the sin of Hitler. But God is not responsible for the sin of Hitler. Hitler is responsible for the sin of Hitler. I think that's the key right there. I mean, I, I talked to him about, you know, Adam and Eve, and I basically went back to Genesis and yes. said it was all supposed to be paradise, but he didn't make us thrones. He gave us free will. Um, but I think it's so hard to digest that he used them for the good, but the using of them, I think, is very hard for intelligent uh, empathetic folks to digest. And that's why I always like to uh, affirm and agree with that empathetic empathy. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's true. Those, the feelings that your dad's expressing and the feeling that anyone listening in, I mean, when we take teams, uh, we take groups to Israel, our guide, 
um, mm-hmm. Shraga, he he had he lost family in the Holocaust. This is no this is no theoretical dis- discussion for him. Sure, of um, course. This is the reality of of what he's personally experienced. And anytime we bring it up, or anytime we um, I, re- I remember sharing with him because it's a touchy subject, so you just don't go up and start talking about it with him. We so instead, I, I shared with him how I took a trip to Israel with some missionaries we have there, and we did humanitarian work around Israel just just to serve the people. That just to serve the people in the love of Yeshua, and and that's it. We want nothing else in return. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we did up in the area of Netanya is we served at a soup kitchen, and we served Holocaust survivors from the Ukraine, mm-hmm. and. It was a very surreal thing and a very humbling thing as we were serving them food and to see the tattoos on their forearms. Oh, um, it was, and so I shared that story with him, you know, and I, sh- I wanted I wanted to walk in, in I wanted to walk as close to him as I possibly could because I knew um, that this would be a touchy subject for him because it's a life subject. It's not philosophy for him. It's the real deal. And and so when I am talking about these things, I try to take the conversation out of the ph- philosophical realm. And, mm-hmm. and bring it into the realm of reality. And there's one other realm of reality. If we, we do believe in the God of the Bible that reveals himself as holy, righteous, and just, then that means two things. And, and one might bring a little bit of, of comfort for people. Um, it's kind of a, a, a difficult thing to conceive, but people like Lenin, uh, Hitler, Stalin, dying apart from Christ, they are in abusing the people of God and killing the people of God are serving their sentence right now for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. They didn't get away with anything. Mm-hmm. But here's the reality, and this is the it's love and the mercy of God. Mm-hmm. Had they repented truly before they died, he would have been forgiven. The blood of Jesus Christ would have covered their sins, and people probably have a harder time with that mm-hmm. because of our own self-righteousness, as if, as if we haven't committed sin worthy of eternal death ourselves that we would not extend the love and the mercy and grace to even the worst of sinners because Jesus did. Well, that's what I was trying to tell him. I said, he didn't knock us out with a flood. He has enough mercy to hold on and keep waiting and keep giving us a chance to come to him. Yes. And that the whole world would come to him, you know, eventually, yes. or try to come to him. And if he didn't have mercy, because he's like, how could he let all that evil happen. I said, well, let's turn it around and look at all the good that happened. Yes. Um, but it's a, it's a tough conversation. It is. Um, and I just wanted a little support in, because I, <laughs> I want him to go to heaven with me. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, I want him to go because I know I'm going. And, and I think, um, I think in, as I, as I was talking, if, if I was talking to your dad and, and all, you know, you have a you have one up on me because there's nothing like a daughter's relationship with her daddy. So mm-hmm. you know you've got a special place in his life. But if I had the opportunity to talk with him, the the discussion I would have would be to gently turn it back to his life, and mm-hmm. to gently turn it back to the imperfections in his life, um, one that he would more preferably want to admit, so that he recognizes that he too is a lawbreaker, mm-hmm. and and he too is in a similar spot, although nothing compared to the Holocaust, uh, the reality, as far as the end result, the reality of his separation from God is just as real. And God is ready to forgive him for his sins as much as he's ready to forgive the atrocious sins of despots and evil men that rule and abound. So I just need to parlay it into this question. 
do you think those sufferers of the Holocaust are in heaven? If they if they receive they Yeshua as their is, Savior, they don't. Yeah. They, they don't get a special. I don't believe the Bible pass. provides a a special pass for those because of the atrocity um, mm. they were in. Mm. You know, Jesus actually uses a. Um, he uses. Let me see if I can find it. He uses a um, a illustration Man, that's a on tough that truth. in Luke that chapter. Is a tough truth. <laughs> here's what he says in Luke 13. Mm-hmm. Um, there were present all at that season who came and told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? Mm-hmm. I tell you no, but unless mm-hmm. you repent, you will also all likewise perish. And then mm-hmm. he uses another example. Or those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelled in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's clear as a bell. It is, and the good news is the good news is is that the, the horrific uh, the, the horrific tragedy of the Holocaust, each and every person that faces God, we can trust that they faced a holy, righteous God, he he in no way showed partiality to anyone at any time. That at the end of the day, we will all uh, step back and would declare that God was holy, righteous, and true. All of us will, all the time. Yep. No matter what our human or our fleshly opinions may be. Correct. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. Okay. God bless you. Bye bye. is the number. Glad you joined us this afternoon. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora. We have service tonight, 7 o'clock. We're going to be looking at the doctrine of the foreknowledge of God. We're in a verse-by-verse study of 1 Kings, and in 1 Kings 12, there was a couple of verses that talked about God's sovereignty and God's uh, ability to know the future. So we're going to pause for a couple weeks on these topics, these important doctrines, and we're going to draw them from uh, the New Testament uh, as we learn in Romans chapter 8. Great Bible studies. Uh, They're going to help you a lot understand the character and the nature of God. Uh, So come on out. Um, Doors open here at 6, and our service starts at 7. This is a night where we uh, take communion together, we worship together, we pray together, and we study the Bible together. So the best of our ability, we live out Acts 2, 42 through 47. Beautiful. Love Wednesday nights, and you are welcome to join us. For more information on our church, to get in the archived Bible studies, you can download our free app. Just go to your app store or the Google store and put in Calvary space Aurora, A-U-R-O-R-A, Calvary Aurora, and both of our apps will pop up. We have an app for the church, and we have an app for Grace FM. They're free. And all the information you need about our church is there. Or you can go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, calvaryaurora.org. You can connect with me personally. Uh, I blog and I write articles on life, grief, and ministry. My website is edtaylor.org. It's uh, being redone right now, so be patient with us. We're redoing it, brand new. Going to launch it fresh. Uh, But edtaylor.org, jot it down. 303-690-690. 3,000, we're going to pick up on line number two is Chris up in Fort Collins. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, Chris, you with us? Chris had a question that said uh, around the topic of adding or subtracting from the Bible 
And then he said, what about the Dead Sea Scrolls? Well, I'm looking forward to finding out your question about the Dead Sea Scrolls. 303-690-3000. Let's move on to line number three is Jody up in Loveland, Colorado. Jody, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. Really well. Hey, I'm going to be studying um, this summer with a younger gal, high school graduate, who comes from a background, um, maybe a little legalistic, um, grew up in the church and stuff, and she's having some, just some questions about her faith and things like that. So I was looking for some suggestions on some materials or any maybe sermon series that you've gone over that kind of point us into that direction. I don't uh, want to take away from her background, but we just want to study together and okay. have common ground and faith. Well, one of the greatest books in the Bible on the topic mm-hmm. of grace and, and, and intimacy with the Father is the book of Romans. Right. And, and I taught, it took me over three years to teach verse by verse through Romans. Okay. And if you go to our website and you want to peruse the different, maybe read through the book of Romans and see if any verses pop out that might be relevant to where you want to take where you want to go verse by verse if you'd like, but there, then you can just kind of go through and there's some tremendous studies on the love of God, on the grace of God, on the sovereignty of God, on God's predestination on, I mean, we go through, um, deep, deep stuff. And, uh, and then we, we go the deep stuffs of theology that people argue about today. And then we (laughs) go to the deep stuff of love that nobody really should argue about just God's love and grace. And that's where I would begin. Okay. Do I find um, that, do you have those studies recorded like on your website, the Ed Taylor one or your churches? The church one. So um, if you go to calvaryaurora.org under the, under the studies, the Book of Romans um, probably has its own mini pages. And awesome. You can just kind of scan through there. And then if you uh, run into any difficulties, you can just email me and I can, I can uh, look through for you and see if, if you have any questions or you need any resources or or books. I mean, I think introducing a, a, a sister like this to the grace of God, mm-hmm. uh, it will be challenging for her, but also mind-blowing. I think of uh, the book by Pastor Chuck Smith called Why Grace Changes Everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great, simple, it's a very simple book, um, but it's a book that, that really reveals how God has done everything, and all we do is respond. Uh, you know, God has done everything, and that that there are things that you know, sometimes these theologies seem to wrap everything up and, and give the impression that we have an answer for everything. Um, but God reminds us that we don't have an answer for everything. There are still mysteries in the scriptures. There are still things that are held in tension, like the sovereignty of God and the free will of man, that, that you'll never be able to reconcile them because God doesn't reconcile them. He just tells you that's the way it is. So you, you, have, you have faith in him. Uh, but some theological systems like to wrap all that up in a nice bow and say, we've got it fully explained. And the Bible says that God's ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. So I'm always skeptical of people that say they got it all wrapped up. Mm. This sounds like exactly the direction and the help I needed. Thank you so much. I You're appreciate welcome. it. All right. I'll, and, and I've got resources, and I've got different things. If you email me, I can send to you that, that would help you. I, I think of... Um, you know, the introducing someone to God and not to theology is a, is, is your challenge. See what uh, the challenge might be. So that's, that's the challenge, perfect. because when you're wrapped up in theology, then you, you have a relationship with answers. But when you're wrapped up in who God is, now don't misunderstand me. Some people might be listening, wait a minute, Ed, study of God is theology. You're right. 
But God emphasizes relationship long before he emphasizes studying him. As a matter of fact, let me just add this. This is a pretty powerful thought. Okay. When Jesus invites us to himself in one of the most memorable passages of Scripture, Mm-hmm. What is his absolute promise to us when we come? Do you remember? I'm not quite sure what you're going for. I know it's it's really simple, and but we've passed it over, and we get too caught up in religion and church, and we get too caught up in in all sorts of things. But but Jesus said to anybody that is weary and heavy laden, he says, "Come to me, and I will give you, you rest." rest. So I know that when there's a lack of rest, when there's a restlessness, when there is striving, when there is arguing, I know that I haven't, I'm not in the promise of Jesus. Mm. I haven't arrived there. And some people make it their entire life to stir up strife, restlessness, argumentation, uh, striving over doctrine, striving over, over the law. And, and that's just not Jesus. That doesn't have the marks of Jesus Christ at all. Jesus promised us rest so much so that he explained it to us. He said, T- this is what I want you to do. Okay, Lord, what do I do? Okay, you come to me. You take my yoke. You learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly, and you will find rest for your souls. Love it. Perfect. A, Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great day. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. That tells me, anyone listening in right now that is confused, that is restless, that is striving. I mean, as a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit tells us later on, Paul to Timothy, uh, excuse me, Paul to Titus, uh, we are instructed, but avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law. These are religious arguments. Uh, these are religious arguments, whether it's today the, the group of the Messianic, uh, the, part of the Messianic movement that want to take us back to the law, back to the dietary restrictions, backwards, like the book of Hebrews and Galatians tells us not to do. We're not even to argue about it. But it's easy to find people that have made a ministry out of arguing these foolish disputes that, he told Titus, are unprofitable and useless Useless for what? Useless for enjoying the rest of God found in Jesus Christ. The rest, where the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. Where the Holy Spirit lives the life of Christ through us. Not only that, the Holy Spirit says, reject a device of man after the first and second admonition. Why? The Bible says, knowing that a person like that is warped and sinning being self-condemned. And I've shared this a little bit in our congregation, but social media has, has opened up the floodgates of divisiveness, foolish disputes, contentions, strivings about the Bible, about the law, unprofitable, useless arguments, divisiveness, warped, sinning, self-condemned people that seem to think that the internet is there so that they can express their opinion and cause division. That the Bible says, no, no, no. God promises you a rest, a freedom that's in the Lord, a freedom that is available by faith in Jesus Christ, a faith that is even given to us by God where the Bible tells us that we've all been given a measure of faith. 
Uh, one of the texts that came in, text me, I, I can grab some texts as we're coming up on the break, but uh, somebody texted in, without the Holocaust, the establishment of Israel as a nation in our lifetime would not be. Well, yes and no, because God God is going to bring about his prophecy with or without the Holocaust. Uh, when God says he's going to bring, according to Ezekiel, he's going to bring his people back to the land, he's going to do that. In this case, looking back, we can see that the Holocaust was a part of the plan of God, um, looking backwards, but God could have done it without the Holocaust. So thanks for your text. Thanks for your input. I appreciate that. We're going to be right back. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I am the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, taking your calls and your questions. We're going to take a real quick break, and then we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. So glad that you joined us this afternoon. My name is Ed Taylor. I am the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora. Taking your calls and your questions. I was away last week. I was on the East Coast for you guys at Hope FM. I was in Maryland at the East Coast Pastors Conference. Uh hosted by Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And the thousand guys gathered together to worship God, to be equipped and strengthened in the battle that we're in. Uh, Part of the Calvary Chapel family of churches, not exclusively Calvary Chapel, but primarily. Uh, And God is doing a great work on the East Coast. Looking forward to being at BridgeFest here in the near future as well. Uh, as the Lord has given us the opportunity to to be a part of that outreach for the first time and sharing it at Calvary there in New Jersey. Uh, great opportunity. But I'm back taking your calls and your questions. I'll be in the pulpit tonight here uh, studying the doctrine of the foreknowledge of God and how it applies to our lives. Uh, very powerful, very encouraging, uh, because we're in this section of 1 Kings 12 uh, where God speaks of his ability and how he is intending things to be. And so let's talk about that. Let's learn about God's foreknowledge and God's ability to predestine according to his full knowledge, like like uh, Peter said. So you are invited. Join us online, live. We have a live stream of video that's on, and we also have, we'll be broadcasting live on Grace FM, uh, as we do on Wednesdays, and we're also, we'll be here in person. We'd love to meet you and encourage you in the Lord. 303-690-3000 is the number. Looks like Robert's been waiting in Denver. Robert, welcome to the program. Hi there, Pastor Ed. Thank you. Um, I had a, um, uh, first uh, a question where, um, well, it, it seems like when people are cherry-picking from the Word, or when they feel like the Word can just be taken as a half-truth instead of absolute truth, a lot of people point towards the um, towards the first uh, few chapters of Genesis, that's where you get a lot of skepticism. Uh, skepticism, and um, I and a lot of people don't believe in uh, a young Earth. They they will instead uh, submit that you know um, the seven days of creation, you know, are, um, uh, Lord's days aren't necessarily twenty four hour days. They are, he works in his own time. Uh, how do you weigh in on that? I am a young Earth. Bible, literal, um, I take the Bible literally, what it says. Right. Understood. And um, 
perfect. And What's then, the word you know, I was trying to? I want to say literalist, but I don't know if that's a word. But um, I, I am a young Earth creation. I don't judge people that aren't, but I challenge them. If we can, um, if we can insert metaphoric language wherever we want, uh, then then I guess we can do that anywhere we want. <laughs> and so we either take it literal or, or we don't. And then if you don't, then just understand what door you've opened. Um, and, and I realized that through <clears throat> various scientific types of, of you know, findings or studies, people come to that conclusion. But you, I, I'm more in, interested in making sure that I let the Bible say what it says um, than, than I am with any new scientific findings. For example, I, this is one of the things. Um, when, when Adam and Eve were created, because I think most people agree that they were created, I think we can all find agreement on that, no matter how old you think yeah. the earth is. When they were created, on the next day after their creation, how old were they? Uh, one day. And, and we, know, we know that they were one day old. That makes sense. It's not a trick question. They were one day old. How old did they look? I imagine that they were probably adults or at least somewhat of age. Right. The Bible doesn't say, but it, in, it seems to indicate that they were created as adults and were able to recognize each other to, to have a relationship that's known as marriage, you know, that, that pro, and procreate because they were given instructions by God to go and, and populate the earth. And, and, and there's it, within the time, uh, within that time that's given to us, uh, Adam and Eve are, are given dominion. They're not babies in diapers. They're one day old, but they look much older than one day. And you say, Ed, what are you talking about? What do you mean? This is what I mean. God is able to create something that's one day old that looks much older than it is and has attributes of age that he created and built into it, which is what I believe happened with our earth. It is possible for God to create something that's one day old but appear to be much older. Well, um, actually, that, that that's that's excellent, and I can, uh, yeah. So the the Lord's been putting it on my heart. Uh, like I, I used to believe in a, um, in you know, you know a, a longer creation and things like that. But it's recently been put on my heart that, uh, well, uh, that that does get really messy. That that uh, it potentially compromises the integrity of of everything. So absolutely, thank you so much for that. Um, uh, that does answer my question. I also had a prayer uh, request. Um, first, uh, praise for um, I. I have been on a job search, and just all, all at once, I've been given uh, many different opportunities. Everyone's yes. called back at once, wow. and uh, yeah, which is fantastic. But um, now um, I'm a CNA going to uh, uh, school to be an RN. Yes, and. And I'm doing that because I, I'm, I'm interested in uh, medical missions and things like that. Yes. Now I, um, I was just, uh, I just need prayer that the Lord will um, point me in the right direction as to what will best serve Him. Well, let's do that. Okay. God, we ask for Your Holy Spirit to lead my brother in the decision that You want him to make. That God, You would be able to show him and reveal to him as he's seeking Your face whether to go to the left or to the right, whether to go forward or backwards, whether to take this or that. And you know the desires of his heart. You know what he wants. You know, his, you know what he wants to accomplish in his life. And, 
and how you want to use him. Lord, as his heart is be, being knit together with yours, um, being able to, to submit himself to you and be used by you. And, and so I pray that you would fill him with the fresh, with your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that, that as he um, grows through this situation while he's waiting on you, Lord, that you would reveal your will and that you'd give him confirmation in the direction he should go. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you very much, Pastor Ed, and I hope you have a good one. All right, God bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number, 303-690-3000. Let's see who's next here. I'm going to pick up, it looks like it is Marie in Greeley, Colorado. Marie, welcome to the program. Hey, Marie, are you still with us? Oh, it says seeking godly counsel, prayer, mad at God over losing a four-year-old. Yeah, I'm sorry, Marie, that's a hard one. I'm sorry you weren't able to stick with us. Um, I was just talking to a brother today about that that anger uh, that comes when we experience significant pain and difficulty. So God, I pray for Marie. Uh, I pray for the... the all that's going on. Um, just wanting to, Lord, help her to, um, well, even if it's her or someone else um, or anyone listening in right now that's angry because of the grief in their life. No parent and no grandparent should ever have to see the loss of their child or grandchild. And so I pray for her and I pray for her family. I know that you aren't mad at them and that you leave room for us to emote and express our emotions. And yet at the same time, Lord, you're able to take that and turn it around in a way that will honor you. And and forever there'll be a hole in our hearts, Lord, but you're so faithful. You're so good to us. I can think of a thousand things that you're faithful in, even though in a few things I'm hurting and I'm experiencing pain or um, but they don't encapsulate lord they don't block out your goodness so i just pray for those that might be hurting right now i pray for those that might be grieving right now that yeah there's a few things that are very painful and very deep and they cut so hard but god your faithfulness and your love and your mercy the very lives that we're living that's experiencing such great pain have been given to us as a grace gift by you and we want to take time to thank you for life and the gift of life, that as we live our lives, we might glorify you and not be so emburdened and bol- or, uh, you know, pulled down by the weight of our own sin and our own sadness, but that you would strengthen us to live a life of overcoming. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, that uh, is a tough situation, but I know the Lord is faithful. Celia is calling from Aurora, Colorado. Celia, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. First of all, I would like to thank you because your preaching has just really brought out a lot of things that I was missing in my life that I couldn't um, explain to people. Um, I reached out to God about a month ago. My dad was passing away, and I had him on hospice. Um, He did go be with the Lord last Thursday. Oh, I'm sorry. 
And thank you. And as the pain is really bad, but we find comfort because we know he's with God right. and he loved the Lord. But I had a question that will my dad know me when I go to heaven? I believe he will, yes. Is there, um, I've been searching for scriptures, uh, comfort of death, and I, I just looking for that one scripture that will help me to answer some questions. Do you have any scriptures that are, I can go through? Are you looking for the scripture that will answer the question that we just answered, or are you? do you have another question that... Um, I have questions on... I know reading the Bible, we, we will all be brothers and sisters in Christ, uh-huh. and I think I was struggling with if my dad will know me as a sister, or will he know me as his daughter? Um, will, will that love... That the that, that pain I'm feeling now is because I love my dad so much. Yes. Will I have that love for him when I get to heaven with him? I believe we're going to retain the same kind of familial relationships that we had on on earth, with the exception of marriage, because the Bible says that there is no marriage in heaven. So there's going to be a different relationship between those that are married. But there's an interesting there's an interesting passage of scripture that seems to indicate that those relational uh, those relationships that we have stay intact after death. And it's the true story of the rich man and Lazarus. It's in Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 19. Uh, and, but I'm going to skip down for the sake of time and say in verse 25, uh, he says, But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, and likewise... Um, Lazarus evil things, but now he's comforted and you're tormented. And besides all this, between us and you is a great gulf, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those who from there pass to us. And then he said, this is the, this is the, um, this is the rich man who's separated from God because he never uh, submitted himself to God. He answers this, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house for I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. So here's an example that after death, someone's looking back on their relationship and seeing that he still has a dad and brothers. Okay. I also think okay. of that passage of Scripture when King David, when his son died, uh-huh. and when his son died, he was mourning and he was mourning and grieving until his son died. Then he stopped and he said this, I cannot go to him. I, he cannot come to me, but I will go to him. And he said it in the context of he's still going to be his son and that he's going to see his son again. And so I believe we're going to have, we're going to have some rec- recognition of our relationship that's here on earth, but there's going to be something added in heaven that we don't currently experience today in its fullness, and that is, the, the thing that's going to matter in heaven the most uh-huh. is Jesus. That, that, yes. his, our relationship with him is going to matter. Every other relationship is going to pale in comparison to the glory that we're going to see in the presence of the Lord. Yes, yes. And, and, and yet, I think that's where my dad was. He, was very, he passed away very peacefully. I had him. I'm a nurse, and I had him on hospice at home. Mm. So we were able to keep him there, and yes. he passed very peacefully because he knew he loved the Lord, and he was ready. Yes. But although we're in pain, 
I find comfort to know that God has my dad right now. That's right. But, yes, well, thank you so much, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. You brought some new light to me, and I'm going to continue reading. Okay, fantastic. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Bye. Bye. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's move on to line number three is Marie. Marie, welcome to the program. Oh. Pastor. I'm sorry. I think I think I did this last time. I don't think I pushed the button. I'm so oh. sorry. But it, it let me pray for other people. So now I got the button, and I'd love to I serve heard, you. I heard you, and I'm sorry. I just kept saying I can hear you. I'm sorry. I didn't push the button. Um, it's okay. But thank you for waiting. We got you now. How can I serve you? Oh, yes, sir. I um, got custody of my grandson at six months old. Okay. I had him for the first two years of his life, and I've, I've taught him of the Lord. And mom, my, my son's in prison. Mom is, you know, drugs and alcohol keep causing her to lose her children. Anyhow... We just had court, and the judge gave my grandson to the other grandma. The other grandma, they're non-believers. He's not allowed to pray. And he's so amazing. He, he knows the Lord, you know, better than most adults that I know. And I just, I've had my faith shattered. I don't understand. You know, he doesn't have his own room. He doesn't... He's just... He's gone, and he here with me was, um, we just walk with the Lord, yes. and I, I don't understand. And I, I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm trying not to be angry, and I, I just thought maybe you would have insight. You know, I, I get the verses that come at me. Um, I, I kept holding on to where Jesus is saying, you can ask anything in my name of my Father, and if you don't doubt, and I didn't doubt, and so I don't know, I don't know if, I'm just, I'm worried, and I'm scared for him, because he's not allowed now to pray or talk about the Lord, and he wants me, and we can't have each other, because of the laws here in Colorado. The laws here in Colorado when it comes to grandparents and grandchildren are horrific. They're terrible. Now, I did get a court-ordered once-a-month visitation, which really is a miracle. It is a miracle. I, it, it doesn't happen. It's one overnight a month, but what? I just, I want more. I, and, and it's I okay wanna... It's okay to want more. Uh, I'm, I, I realize that grandparent rights, the, the way the laws are written in Colorado, they... They are unfavorable uh, to grandparents, unfortunately, and right. the decision makers uh, um, can make whatever decision they want of what if they want uh, the grandparents to see the grandkids. And uh, at least you got a court date. Um, I'm right. sorry it didn't go your way, but you got one night, which is better than none. Yeah, and, and the the whole concept of of something that's that is is hurtful and is wrong and is painful is truly a challenge to our faith because if if we're honest and and as we as we approach God we usually have a conditional faith with God and that is we feel really good and our faith is strong when things are going our way when things seem to be 
you know, we're, we're willing to take a few trials and we're willing to take a few difficulties, uh, and, 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 and we'll, we'll plow through them. Um, you know, that because most of our trials, they tend to have a beginning, a middle and an end, but yeah. something like this is, is not going to have an ending. These kind of decisions are going to forever affect your grandson. They're forever affecting you. Uh, the, if, if there was, if there was a real, uh, love for the child, then there would be a true cooperation between grandparents. Uh, There would be a true cooperation between the parents um, in in any situation. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. Unfortunately, sin rules the day uh, in in some situations. And and what it becomes to the person on the other end of injustice is a challenge to your faith. Um, Will you continue to love God as you trust God with your grandson? Uh, with your grandchild? Will you continue to trust God knowing that God loves your grandchild even more than you do, which is a hard concept because in our estimation, well, if, if God loved my grandchild as much as me, then I would have custody of him. And yet yeah. in the sovereign mind of God, he is doing something. He is at work in, and we don't know, like in the earlier caller, we don't, the, the problem with our faith at times is we don't know the end. I mean, we understand the heavenly end, but we don't understand what he's doing on the earth here. And we're faced with a choice. And the choice is this. Will we submit to God even though something really painful is happening to us? Or will we turn away from God because he's allowed something into our lives that's very hurtful and very painful? Yeah. And, and you know, so. in these early stages that you're feeling, you probably some days you're good and some days you're bad and and on some True. days you're bad, you probably beat yourself up because you want to be a good Christian, and you're like, wait a minute, good Christians don't think like this. And I yeah. just want you to know that good Christians do think like this. Uh, they do feel pain. They do want to be reunited with their grandchildren. They don't, they don't want to play games. Uh, they don't want to be involved in uh, injustice. or they, they just want what is fair, equitable, and right. But here's the thing. Life, this side of eternity, is not always fair, equitable, and right. And even Paul says, Paul says in the, in the book, to, when he was writing to the Corinthians, he says, um, aren't, you, you know, aren't you willing just to be wronged? And the answer to that so many times in our heart is, no, I'm not willing yeah. to be wronged, but right now you are. So let me give you some things to think on. Okay. Number one, that, that, it's your grandson, right? Yes. What's his name? Michael. Michael's love for you will never end. It will only grow as he grows older. And as he gets older, that influence that you had in his earlier life, he's going to want to be a part of your life. He's going to want to have you in his life. And if you have to wait till he's 18 to enjoy it, you're going to get it. He will want it. And his love for you hasn't stopped. His love for you is only going to grow uh, even even with the environment that he's in, which is hard and is difficult, there's yeah. something special. There's a special bond between grandma and grandson, grandpa and grandson, that you even had the privilege of having those years with him. So praise God that you were able to have those years with him. And, and you're just going to trust God that, you know what, God, I, I, every night you're going to have to say, I give him to you, Lord. He's your child. I'm sorry what's happened with his parents, and I'm sorry. You know, all the circumstances that you know well about. And, and it's okay for you to say, God, I don't understand. Why would you do this? Why would you allow this? Why would It's okay to ask those questions if you're willing to receive the answer from God that is simply this. 
I love you, daughter. I won't leave you or forsake you, even in this pain. And I'm going to use it in your life. You may not be ready to hear these words. That's why I'm just planting them in your in your heart. Yeah. That as you pray for him every day, God hears your prayers. And, and as you hope for him every day, God hears your prayers. And and as as you pray and, and continue to pray without ceasing, that one day you'll be reunited with him, listen, it's going to happen. It's okay. going to happen. You know, my thought was, um, I just believe we're standing on the edge of the rapture, and so I took that to God. Yes. And I thought, could he be with me, and we can just go be with you when that day happens? Is You know, I know that sounds selfish, but it's what I wanted, and I don't know. I, I just... Well, I'm the, confused a lot. and The feelings that you yeah. have are real, and the Bible is very clear. Grandchildren are a gift of God to grandparents, and anyone that gets in the way of that is not in the will of God. Whether it's a court system, whether it's a legal system, whether it's a parent or another set of grandparents, the Bible couldn't be clearer. So anyone that gets in the way of interrupting that relationship is not in the will of God. And, and so there's a part of the situation that you can say without question that it's not God's will for you to be separated from your grandchildren. It's just not, for whatever reason. So anybody listening in right now, I, we deal with a lot of custody battles because of divorce and such, and it's just not God's will to use children like that. It's just yeah, not. It's right. just not. And, and so, but when it happens on the, on the other side of sin, there, when sin occurs, someone's going to pay the price. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes it's it's um, godly, sincere women like you that's paying a deep price. But I know that every price that's paid in suffering is not wasted or lost in the will of God. Yeah. For your I life, personally. I, I don't know his will. Um, do you think children that are prayed for are protected and covered more than children who aren't prayed for? Well, I don't know that they're protected more than they aren't prayed for, but I do know that when I pray and I submit myself to God, I'm, the Lord is ministering to me as I draw near to him. And the state of the person that I'm praying for, it, whether it's a grand, uh, my grandson or anyone else, my kids, is I'm trusting God with them, even if I don't like the way it's going down right now. Okay. And so I don't know that they have any more protection or less, but I do know that God hears our prayers and he answers them according to his will. And every single time we pray, God works in us. But he loves your grandson. I'm telling you right now, he loves your grandson more than you do, more yeah. than his other grandparents do, more than his own parents do. And we're just going to pray that the Lord would sustain him and protect him. And okay. that behind the scenes, things that we don't know or don't see, it, just at the at the most surprising moment, the Lord would just do a work. Okay. So God, I pray for my sister, and I'm sorry for the pain that she's experiencing and this separation from her grandchild. And Father, you know, you know, uh, you know all things. And so we just submit this situation to you. Uh, I submit Marie to you, Lord, as she. Um, as her heart is crushed and broken. That's just the way it is. And your your word says that you are close to the brokenhearted and you heal the brokenhearted. And so I pray that for that work in, 
in her heart right now and put a guard and protection over her grandson until that day when they're reunited. Praise God for that one time a month. Lord, make one two and make two four and make four eight. We pray that according to your will, Lord, but what a joy to at least get that day 12 times a year uh, that, that would be unsupervised and just she gets to enjoy the presence of her grandson and express love. Um, you can do a lot in one day, Lord. You can do a lot in one day. So bless her and encourage her in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. I'm sorry, Marie. I'm very sorry. It's a very painful situation. I wish I could take some of your pain from you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. I'll hang on to him. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, we're coming up on the end of the show. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. So glad that we have the privilege of uh, praying together, uh, growing in grace together. And, and, and as you hear on the show from time to time, people are really going through deep, deep stuff. So let's look each other in the eye and let's love one another in the grace of God, that God's agape love might flow through us uh, to, to those that are hurting, those that need encouragement. May the Lord be glorified through our lives. God bless you guys. Have a great evening. Come out to Calvary tonight. I'd love to uh, serve you and enjoy fellowship with you. Um, Thanks again for the privilege of serving you. God bless. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.